Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 220, episode four of Their Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, mm-hmm. and it is Friday, January 21st, 2022, which of course means that it's National Squirrel Appreciation Day mm. and National Granola Bar Day. The squirrel lobby is strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they want to get a They're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere in all our yards watching us. It's actually, it's from Christy Hargrove, a wildlife rehabilitator in North Carolina. That's, um, like, apparently squirrels were very rare a while back, and people, it was like a real treat to be able to see a squirrel. You had to go to the zoo to see squirrels and like, pre-20th century, and, like, if you... Somebody time traveled to the future and like from then and saw our world. They'd be like, "This is so cool! Look at all these fucking squirrels, man! For free? For free? Wow. You just get squirrels in your backyard? Oh man! Oh wait, it's fascism still though. <laughs> oh, oh, right. okay, kind of a trade-off. Also, granola bars feel like they are a thing of the past. Wow, I, is that I is mean, that too strong a take? It feels like it was like. A candy bar that got in under the guise of health food for a little oh, while. Right, right, right. Like, that was something, like, my mom wouldn't be like, you're not buying Snickers. But I'm like, what about Nature Valley? It's like, yeah. yeah, okay, let it rip. <laughs> I'm just eating the whole box in one sitting. Yeah, maybe. I don't, do your kids just eat granola bars? No. Mm-mm. Oh, wow, you really said like, that, like, I mean, like, it, fucked up when they are. As a treat, like a candy bar, maybe, but like I, I just don't know why anybody would eat a granola bar now. Okay. Also, we eat like really sugary granola with their cereal in the morning, so it's not like I'm a good parent or anything. <laughs> I just have my own takes on these things. Yeah, yeah. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka on the Daily Zeitgeist. Jack and Miles will let you know. All the fucked up shit that happened not that long ago. Mm. Overrated, underrated, special guest will show on the Daily Zeitgeist. Jack and Miles, baby, here we go. Mm. All right. That is uh, Flo Rida, my favorite rapper, (laughs) and a song called Whistle by Flo Rida. Which I actually hadn't heard before, Paul. It's a great AK, Paul Garaventa. I just hadn't heard that song. I had to do the research, get it in my head. Now it will never not be in my head. Yeah. Also, one of the great self owns when it comes to like sexual innuendo and penis size. I think it's up there with Indre Day when they brag about how somebody has a gap tooth in their mouth and so their penis has to fit in there. Oh, right, right. Feels like very specific. Yeah, very specific and you know, great, but I, I just don't know that it implies what they're <laughs> intending for it to imply. The visual. Right. Or it's about a sex act I'm not familiar with where someone just like blows lightly on a penis. Anyways, <laughs> uh I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Now I've heard there was a secret store. With sandwiches and chips galore. But you don't really care for tuna, do ya? They say it's fish, then it's not fish. The prices <laughs> fall, I can't resist. That delicious thing that they call Subway tuna. Subway tuna. Subway tuna, Subway tuna, Subway tuna. Shout out to me in the middle of the night, waking up in the middle of the evening because the past guest said, you're very creative when you wake up in the middle of the night, you should try it out. And I quite, my, I just woke up and was like, Subway tuna. <laughs> it was so stupid. And I had to stupid write that shit, shit in bed and I went back to sleep. So anyway, shout out that REM cycle. Yeah, yeah. And that that was beautiful. And also, I th- you were talking about your breakfast this I morning. And I thought Subway you said tuna. Subway tuna. Yeah. I mean, come on. The we have the dumbest uh <laughs> the dumbest <laughs> weird inspiration going on uh, right now. Also, I've gotten Wordle two days in a row on the second guess. You know, you don't get to choose your powers. Mm-hmm. But I'm killing it. Somebody was like, "I don't believe you. You said you were cheating." 
And I, uh, anyways, that, that's that's a lot of energy to be like. I don't is. believe your wordles for like. <laughs> it was very straightforward. Like I think you're lying. No jokes. Just you are hiding lying. a child. Yes. Anyways, and I am cheating. This is just a really <laughs> sad grasp to grasp that uh, people thinking I'm smart. Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our yes. third seat uh, for the first time, but. This, this guest has been teased by a previous guest as one of yeah. the funniest people on the planet. It's a very funny comedian uh, whose writing has appeared in McSweeney's and whose comedy has been highlighted in NPR, Vulture, LA Times. He was one of Illuminative's 25 Native American comedians to follow and hosts the stand-up show Starfuckers, Astrology But Make It Comedy at Union Hall in Brooklyn. <laughs> Please welcome the hilarious and talented Brian Bahi. Brian, what's up, Brian? And I will always love steak. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to figure out like what is happening with the songs, and that's what I came up with. Yeah. Yeah, we like to humiliate ourselves up top, you know. Just yeah, so the guest knows that they're the on a second-rate podcast that's just like yeah. one <laughs> step above a morning zoo show. Yeah. Or just basically that's a morning zoo show, except it's a podcast. And we get right. to say exactly. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I knew I it's always my favorite. We have first-time guests on Brian, because the second Jack screams and I scream, someone all the people always have a reaction. And Brian's was like, okay. <laughs> see what's going on here. I'm like, yes, welcome, welcome. Like, yeah, here we go. Thursday. Screaming it out. Uh, welcome. You are coming to us from Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn right now. It was snowing earlier today. And yeah, having my third cup of coffee. Yeah, there you go. I'm Is having that, my what, second matcha tea right now. Uh, Damn, that's oh, how you, you know s- you're in LA. You switch it up? I just switched it up last week. So Miles learned about uh, the creativity of the witching hour in the middle of the night from our guest last week. And I learned from the same guest that matcha tea is a, you know, decent alternative to coffee. And I made the switch last week and I felt like I had the flu ever since because I'm not getting (laughs) as much caffeine in the morning. But one of these days it's going to pay off. I Wait, promise. like smokers flu? Like when people try and kick cigarettes? Like you saying you got that kind of like you're like, I don't know, man. My body's like having trouble adjusting. Caffeine to withdrawal. Like I've done a lot of research into it. And yeah, caffeine withdrawal just feels like the flu and it can last for like weeks. Oh, um, unfortunately. Oh my God. If you're, oh. you know, mainline as much caffeine as this guy. Well, hey, now hopefully you'll, uh, you'll find a new, a new home in matcha. Matcha. Yeah. I do like the ritual. Wait, Brian, you said three cups of coffee? Are you caffeine insensitive or are you like Jack? You're like, I, I, I exist on a steady diet of caffeine. It's really hard to tell. I think I just do it because I, it's like habit at this point. Mm, yeah. I, like, I have a big French press. I brew two and a half cups and then I just see how much of it I can drink throughout the day. Mm. <laughs> Okay. And do you, the challenge. Do you have something that's yeah. keeping the keeping the coffee? That was my always my issue with French press is that it wouldn't stay hot. You just like zap it. I don't mind that. I don't mind warm Ooh. coffee. Okay. Tepid coffee. Okay. I like that. I'm like I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, she would always like she always drinks tea and stuff and throughout the day and would like regularly be sipping on like room temp like whatever the room temperature was. My partner, Her Majesty, she it has to be like screaming hot or else it's it's like to her, it's like disrespect to coffee or something. But I'm like, I'll drink your room temperature coffee. Give that here. Like, I'm yeah, I don't mind room temperature. Like most things in my life are room temperature. So I'm like, what? why like hold <laughs> why hold liquids to a different standard? You know, yeah. right. Most things in everyone's lives are room temperature. That's a yeah. really good point. Turns out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I, I have uh, genetically high cholesterol and that. Uh, the French press. I, I didn't realize that like there's a lot of cholesterol in coffee that like gets filtered out with like the paper filters or whatever. But if really, you're, yeah, the French press. Like I was doing French press for a year and then had like a medical checkup and they were like, "Holy shit, you're just what? like eating only egg yolks? What the fuck's going <laughs> on, man?" 
Whoa, that's yeah. blowing my mind. Like, why yeah. isn't that more common knowledge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wait. I but I am definitely predisposed to it. So like that, you know, right. any any little fuck up can alter my high So you're saying paper filters I don't know creates what it more is. cholesterol? I might have just learned that coffee was bad for cholesterol. And I just was like, well, I'll just use a paper filter. Maybe I made that story up so that I could keep drinking coffee. Filtered coffee is a better choice. They say okay. that even though there's no cholesterol in it, there's like oils within it okay. that can contribute to your cholesterol, I guess. Got it. Interesting. Anyway, this is not that a cardio- cardiology or coffee podcast. So take those takes with a few grains of sugar in the raw. Yeah. You don't have to see your doctor. Just listen to Daily Zeitgeist. We got you. We got you covered. Just just at me. At me. (laughs) Was good. All right. Brian, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. We're talking about the filibuster staying filibusted by Cinema Mansion. So uh, apparently the intervention of college football coaches did not move Mansion on that one. Was it Nick Saban? Yeah, Nick Saban. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that was like news in the sports media. Right. Like Saban's in. I mean, everyone listens to Saban. We're going to talk about Florida, what they're doing. They're they're passing a bill to outlaw uh, white people from getting their feelings hurt, yep. it seems yep. like. Yep. Yep. We'll talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. We'll talk about Lay's coming back to the Super Bowl. Why, why do we think Lay's, Frito-Lay, coming back for the first time in 17 years? Maybe they're shitty labor practices. Yeah, I was going to say, huh. trying to offset that, uh, those labor, yeah. <laughs> those like, bad labor headlines. Like yeah. they're just going to like pass out bags of chips? Like what does that mean for coming back? Uh, they're doing an av- a ad campaign oh, okay, at okay. the Super Bowl. Got it. Wait, is that, oh, is it because prior years it was always like fan-made ads? They've No, Fritos uh, or Lay's, I guess, the that specific imprint of the Frito-Lay brand has not had ads in 17 years. At the oh, Super Bowl. okay. I see. Which I seems see. like wrong. I'm going to say that that's incorrect. But yeah. according to like all the mainstream media uh, outlets, they haven't had ads in 17 years. And that's the sort of shit they actually have an inside track on uh, what corporate media is, <laughs> is doing. So welcome back, Frito Lay. So they, they uh, got Seth Rogen for their ad campaign and they released like a teaser for the ad campaign and it seems to involve like making light of stalking like there's somebody who stalks seth rogan and like has a weird shrine built to okay yeah Mm. very very strange so we'll talk about all that plenty more but first brian we do like to ask our guests what is something from your search history something from my search history is uh robert durst gay Mm. Hmm. So, do you remember he died? The guy paid the jinx. Oh yeah, yeah. It's off of a fascinating big daddy big... burping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to like you know tweet a little something about it. I was like, what's my angle gonna be? I ended up not tweeting anything, but I just like googled Robert Durst gay because I was I was like, was he gay in that documentary? I don't remember, but he did like dress up as like an elderly woman at one point. When he was like in oh, Texas right. or Louisiana, right, and yeah, that may have just been criminal activity. Did you? What did you find when you when you searched that? I, didn't even I think really it was. Think a, that. I think, it, and also, I actually don't know. <laughs> I forget. It was whatever I found was not interesting enough for me to remember. Right, but you know, I love finding out when somebody's gay. As a as a gay person, I'm always like, who are who are my peers? Right, right. And you were where well, you were praying for Robert. Like, Come, <laughs> Come on, on. Bobby. <laughs> we got Elvira. Make this a memorable couple months right now. <laughs> it's like we need, yeah, we need, um, you know, some more murderers in the yeah serial the killer world. representation. Exactly. Yeah. What is something you think is overrated? I'm gonna say soup. Mm. Soup overrated. Wow. People are coming out. It's winter here. It's cold. It was like 19 degrees last weekend. Uh, a lot of soup content. A lot of people really, you know, tipping their hats to soup. And I'm like, I mean, it goes back to the coffee thing. It's like not everything needs to be hot. It's right. like, give me, give me like a room temp anything. And I'm like, I'll <laughs> take that. 
Right, your 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 it's not like your brand is room temp always. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you do extremes with it. You know what I mean? Room temp is fine. We exist. Let's just in do it. yeah. Room temp is a great brand. Like nobody's locked down the corner on room temp. Just like that's their, you know, everybody's bragging about being hot or cool. But yeah, room temp. Yeah, yeah. Underrated. I mean, there's like, I saw some thing that just, I see so many write-ups about soup, though. You're right. Like, it, and I'm not a soup hater or like a lover. I like, you know, soup, soup has its place, but I'm more of a stew person than a soup. If mm-hmm. I, if I'm picking between like liquid spoon eating, like, cause then it's just like eating a bunch of gravy. <laughs> it's just so thick. I just like a stew better. I just like thickness. You do love liquid spoon eating. I've noticed. Yeah, that. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> liquid spoon eating. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough people are talking about liquid spoon eating either. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying it for years. Absolutely. So uh, there's no soup that like kind of you're you're wild about, you you really love. Yeah, love. I think a lot of it has to do with like it's like soup recipes. Now we're in soup season. Yeah. Here are some here are eight top soups. And it's like, first of all, I'm never I don't cook, so this article isn't for me. <laughs> but <laughs> So already, like, I've, I've tuned out. I hear soup, I tune out. But wow. I, you know, I got to go with the classic tomato soup. Tomato wow. soup. Yeah. 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 Classic little grilled cheese on the side. Mm, you know? Yeah. What can you do? What can you do? I remember I saw the one time, the, like, in, when the sort of grilled cheese fad began to erupt, like, in the late aughts, early teens. And I remember going somewhere that they're like, and we've got, you know, like, the classy grilled cheese with tomato soup and there was like basil oil on top of the tomato soup and i almost didn't eat it because at the time my palate wasn't developed enough it's like there's a green spot in my red sauce that i did <laughs> thing in. and they're like it's basil oil it tastes really good and i was like i knew that i knew yeah. that thank you uh excuse me did somebody sneeze on my tomato soup right uh, someone has a sinus here? infection based on the color <laughs> right here. i made a uh, split pea soup over that we we had a leftover like ham hock from Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. and so I boiled that, made it into split pea soup. And to your point about it being overrated, I haven't stopped bragging about it. Like I think this is the fifth time I've mentioned it <laughs> on the show because, yeah, making a soup is very easy, and yeah, so people like get to feel to like they did up. something. Yeah, yeah, one of those large cauldrons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got a big cauldron. ass cauldron. Yeah. Okay. It keeps yeah. melting on the bottom though cuz it's plastic. <laughs> it's <not laughs> from Halloween, but Yeah. It does a job. Yeah. Oh well. Do you have a big do you have a big stock pot? Like are you actually are you equipped to start banging out the stews and soups like that? Yeah, I have a big stock pot. Oh got, shit. Okay. I have a large stock pot. Okay. Guess uh guess my invite got lost for this soup. <laughs> uh what is something that you think is underrated, Brian? All right. I think a lot of people have been, you know, talking a lot of shit about House of Gucci. Mm. And I saw it in theaters. You know, I was there not opening weekend, but the following weekend. Okay. And I do agree that it was off. It was weird. (laughs) (laughs) But also the people I saw with, we were, we did not stop talking about it for a solid two hours after the movie Same. concluded. Yeah. And it was around that, you know, that timestamp that I was like, hold on, maybe this movie is actually really good. Like what movie had you talking about it for so long after you had seen it? You just like, couldn't stop. Like, you know, right. I thought Jared Leto's performance was outstanding. Me too. Okay, so it just, okay, cause I'm, this has been like the most consistent thing I've been hearing. I haven't seen it. Jack, you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I haven't seen it yet, but the one thing I always hear is people being confused. Their first reaction is confusion to the film, like where they don't want to say it's bad, but they weren't sure it was good. And then when I hear them explain everything, I'm like, it's the same. Everyone, I think everyone has to like process it out loud. It seems like so. In that sense, how, what did you did you? What was like? What were the things that you saw as being like? Oh, this maybe not isn't that great. To then evolving into wait a second. It's just like the scenes like they. It feels like they jumped around randomly. It's like they're in like Tuscany or something, and then they're in New York, and then it's like the next day or something, and they're back in like Italy or wherever. I'm like. The, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you're like once 
And uh, for just like a random scene. And then the rest of the time, you're just supposed to like piece it together yourself. And uh, yeah, there was just like zero context. And then it's the same director who did like Alien, right? Yeah. 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 And when I saw his name, I was like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) he clearly knows what he's doing, but it's just like, I don't know. It was fascinating. And the accent work, did you have any, what was your, what was your take on the accent work? That's another thing I hear people have many Here's different things. I'm terrible at accents. So yeah. for me to judge another person's accent is unfair. Sure. So but did any, it take it, you out at all? Or you, you were like, no, it's perfectly fine. No. And I'm beginning to think that I might be like accent. Uh, you know, I just can't hear it sometimes. Like right. everything sounds, I can tell when something's different, but. When somebody can like immediately pick up on an accent, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that. It all sounds British, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's all some version of Euro. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I to be honest, like I I have gone along with people being like, but the accents, right? I'm like, yeah. Oh man, the worst. Uh, but it all sounded <laughs> fine to me. Like, and Jared, you're like Jared Leto's yeah, is very like hammy, but like it. Again, to my dumb American brain, like that is not like that familiar with like the intricacies of the Italian accent uh, or why they might be speaking English in Italian accents, even though they're in Italy. I <laughs> didn't, it didn't bother me. I was just like, yep, uh huh. Right. And it looks cool. Like it looks great. It tells a story that I didn't know. But yeah, like Jared Leto, like that is who Jared Leto needs to be playing. Like the kind of, I don't know, he really nailed a dumb person who's like kind of aware of his own like limits, but also isn't in many remarkable respects. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just a guy who's down on his luck and cannot get a win to save his life. Yeah. (laughs) It also feels like in the way that, Normal people may luxuriate in like a night out where you get to look like glamorous and beautiful. It seemed like he this was him luxuriating and looking like not one of the most beautiful creatures on earth. Like he really seemed to be enjoying just like being <laughs> a schluff. Like it, it was like he was like, yeah. oh, right. Like, like that. It's, he's like, this is me. Yeah, it's mine as well. Yeah, you know. schlub tourism. Yeah, he, exactly. It was schlub tourism by Jared Leto, but like he really seemed to be <laughs> exploring the studio space and enjoying himself. Right. Yeah. It, was, it was just fun to watch. Like that's you know, I I can't give many movies higher praise than that. It's just really fun to watch a movie. There we go. Underrated. All right. Figured it out. I mean, that's the thing. I'm still drawn just because of when Andrew T told me he didn't know if it was a comedy or not. I was like, I have now I have to see this. Yeah. I'm like, you're yeah. you're a writer and you watched it and you were having trouble pinpointing the genre. And I'm like, that that that's art, you know, for lack of a better word, I think. You can you can agree with everybody. Like I talked to uh not to out her, but Jamie Loftus was like, Oh my god, I just saw it, it was so bad, right? And I was like, Yeah, like that's true. <laughs> like there's a lot of it that's <laughs> right. like bad, like that, but it's also just wildly entertaining. And then she was like, Yeah, I've seen it like twice already. So, you know, like it's there's something about it's that art. movie. Yeah. yeah. If Jamie's yeah. going multiple times, it's art. That's the other that's yeah. the other uh, litmus test. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right yep. back to talk about the filibuster finally. Yes. And we're back and you know no no big surprises in Washington this week would be the the theme of today's yeah. update from Washington DC. Not much to see here, folks. I mean, yeah, the filibuster, you know, with the, the, no, uh, to no one's surprise, Cinema Mansion, you know, basically stood alongside the GOP to not make any alterations to the filibuster and prevent just some very basic voting rights from being passed. And, you know, I, I, there's, there's all kinds of write ups right now. Mostly it just seems like people being like, can you believe it? <laughs> the filib- they, 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 they voted to keep the filibuster to not alter it. And most people are like, yeah, we did. 
we can believe it. We just can't believe that this is all you have in terms of trying to remedy this. And I think like some takes are like, you know, it's, it's, it's all done now. It's all bad. That's a wrap. Others are like, Hey, don't worry, man. There's, there's like the, the fight's still going. Like we can keep going. And I think, yeah, I, I think it's important to point out that yes, this is not good. It's not a, I guess, total death blow. Uh, it's like getting, I guess, stabbed a bunch of times and you're bleeding very slowly. And yes, if it goes unaddressed, it could be very bad. But that means, I guess, something can be done. And a lot of like political scientists and historians have sort of like sort of pointed at this fact of like, yes, there are like like a lot of these things like voting, voter ID and stuff. It, it's tremendously it's like a huge obstacle for people. But there are like other dimensions to this that can be addressed and potentially rectified to have, you know, a, a seemingly fair system of an election. But the big thing that a lot of people were pointing, the experts point to is that more so than the rules, it's that you need people who are going to do their job. And the shiniest example they point to is just how in 2020, many Republicans just didn't go along with the big lie. And we're like, no, I can't I can't for a second say that this was off or not true, because I know it is in my capacity as someone who's been looking at election boards or elections. But now they're putting a bunch of stooges in those positions. So next time they go for it, you know, the dominoes can fall much quicker and with less uh, friction. So the one thing I seem to see a lot of people talk about is like, hey, it's now falling on you, the citizen, due to the total failure of the government or the uh, elected officials to do this. Maybe it's time to think about, you know, running a yourself. new career. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, which is good. I think it's, yeah, if you want to participate and, uh, you know, do something for your community and think locally, I think that's fantastic. But for there, there have been a few write ups sort of pointing to like, and that's the next step. It's you. Mm-hmm. And we're left here being like, I thought that mm, I, I kind of voted for people, so I don't have to get into this. But. I don't know. I think it seems that the one positive some people seem to look at is like maybe people will be sufficiently pissed off enough about their elected officials not being able to do anything that it'll create more local participation. That they'll become the president. And then, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> you can be Joe Manchin. Yeah, it, just, it, it does kind of remind me of the, you know, the, the way America deals with like unhappiness is not to address like systemic things that are making people unhappy, but to create the self-help industry where you mm-hmm. like look within and it's like an individual battle and like a question of like your willpower as opposed to like, well, or we could like fix all this like systemic no, community wide no, no. shit. No, you guys is... need to use paper straws. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. paper straws of politics now where it's like, all right, folks, that was a big old L and <laughs> it's on you. I just it, that's 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 not very heartening. But I think like everything we talk about, more and more people need to realize that the way this federal government is built, there's not much you can rely on. Like it truly to be able to have like mutual aid networks locally and having an understanding of how power is moving locally and understanding who are in position, decision making positions locally can be a tremendous benefit. But it I don't know, like when when I read that, the but the good part is it's on you that feels that that seems a little that seems a little grim yeah yeah that's grim yeah is is there like a grassroots movement like kind of bubbling up what what are we hearing on that front like is there going to be cuz you know the like the, we are going to see drastically diminished enthusiasm for voting for like establishment democrats in 2022 and 2024 like is anybody is there going to be any other option cuz i feel like it's going to be a two uh, step process one where they see how little support there is for them but they're also going to need to see how much support there is for like more progressive like values and either a more pro- progressive party or more more progressive candidates but, I, yeah, I mean, like some everybody are, just like had their soul sucked out of them by like the. Well, I think, in, yeah, like in mainstream corporate media, it's like that. We're like, oh, well, it's, they're scrambling to figure out what to do now. And I think some people point to like the like these groups like run for something, which are, you know, groups that are made to get people to kind of come out and encourage them to run for like smaller office. 
as a way of being like, and here's a way to combat, like, because clearly Trumpists are doing what they can to enter these positions. So like this can be a counterforce to that. But I think probably in the most immediate, the Electoral Count Act is something that can be reformed on a on a level that basically that's like that really oddly worded uh, law from like the 1800s that essentially was like giving the Republicans this idea of like, maybe we can just reject all the the electors and then Mike Pence can come in and do this like like this tie breaking vote to like completely throw the election by actually amending that there is a way to kind of create, you know, sort of stop that kind of subversion. And Angus King does have a draft of that bill that I think that may be introduced soonish. And it's also something that Mitch McConnell has said he was like open to looking at because it is so poorly worded. Like they, you know, I think if they amended it, they want to do things like it would require a supermajority for Congress to like reject electors from a state and things like that. But yeah, those are kind of, I guess, what's down the road for us now. But it's just kind of hard because it felt like the the way things were going or the spin was going from the administration was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about all the infrastructure stuff. Voting rights, though. Get ready, motherfuckers, because on MLK Day, it's going down. And now it's like, hey, please run for office. <laughs> what the fuck? Where do you what is this? I mean, we've had guests before who have done that. Mariah and, yeah. you know, Nithya Raman. She, uh, so she ran for and became the city council representative for a big chunk of Los Angeles. And since she won, they just rat fucked it so that she, like, her district was smaller. Like, local businesses yeah. and, you know, rich people were basically like, you know, while nobody was looking, changed her district to. So I, I should point out that. It's not going to be a matter of them seeing support for progressive ideas and then just like moving in that direction because they will fight progressive candidates yeah. until they're dead. And plus, they tried to recall Nithya, too. Yeah. 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 You every, know, that's been a day. huge thing. And then that fell apart. But that's kind of what I mean. And I think that's when you really see what the stakes are locally. You have people who are out here like advocating for like policies to combat the unhoused population and, and to support them. But then it's met with like, you got to recall this person, man. They're just throwing it. They're just, they're just, they're making a mess of things trying to help people. Yeah. So that is kind of the thing that we're seeing is that, yeah, more people. And just even as we even see with like students and stuff, people some, at certain points are just can't help but to become activists as it relates to their own well-being. And that's, we're kind of seeing that situation pop up a lot, but yeah, not sure what the plan is now, Joe. Yeah. Brian, do you are do you see any like sort of progressive energy in in the Brooklyn area, or is that something you're kind of into? Yeah, especially it's interesting how many comedians have kind of like overlapped into like progressive mutual aid organizations and like yeah. grassroots organizing. Like especially like once the pandemic really started, and we were all just kind of like locked in our homes. I was like, damn, like there's a lot of us like out here or a lot of them like out there like doing the work and i'm like oh shit this is really inspiring kind of i'm like you're like a double threat you know yeah the same, and i think that's been a very like i think an evolution we've seen like across the country i mean like same with la like i think and then i mean there's probably something about comedy where it takes a level of like self-awareness ability to like grapple with the truth and have some sense of like out like moral outrage about things and yeah, it's it's we've seen a lot of like people really get get super involved with like whether it's like you're saying mutual aid organizations or even backing candidates or sort of, you know, shifting into like local politics. Yeah, it is there. There is a lot of energy, but I guess that's where it's trying to figure out is how is that really going to be fully leveraged for something that isn't just to get someone like Joe Biden reelected because that's exactly that's all the Democrats are going to think of. It's like, well, man, look at these people. They're fucking out in the streets. How do we yeah. get them to vote against their own self-interest as well? Right. And it's like there were like some like small wins, but it kind of like not even like legally, but just like like housing eviction stuff or whatever. Like people would like gather outside somebody's home who was like being wrongfully evicted and kind of like try to stop that. But yeah, let's like I mean, to turn that into like something actually like voting wise feels like a large undertaking and 
yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there are these isolated, you know, pockets of there. There's some like a bunch of young people in Massachusetts who like really young people who like while they were in high school, like also, you know, swung that election away from uh, an establishment dem. I think it was like one of the Kennedys towards somebody who was at least at the time espousing more progressive values. And like I've seen like isolated articles written about them and, you know, but it it does feel like these are not things that are you, you won't hear about like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez until she wins and the media is like shocking, you know, like everything's so shocking like that. Right. The the work that's being done is not going to be covered. Like, it, so it really is like, you know, you, you need to find out what's happening in your own community somehow. Right. Yeah. But I also, I as soon as I said that, I'm like, I wasn't that super tapped in to like, like Brooklyn, like politics, like what was going on before any of that happened. And, and now it's kind of like it, I, I'm more like a little bit more like attuned to stuff that's happening. So maybe there is kind of like a snowball effect, even though it has died down a little bit since like 2020, it's still there. So I don't know, maybe it's it's just like time. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it it, it is at least a, like an op, there is an optimism to see that gradually more and more people the norm was just to be completely politically disengaged or just be like i don't know i just vote for my d or my r candidate every couple years and you know and i think because of everything becoming so transparent or apparent to people like how much needs to change it's like everybody is slowly kind of like turning me like wait a second how does this all happen how does this work now and i think that's where in this phase where a lot of people are like how do you get here how do we right. end up like this? And, yeah. and 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 like even that poll we were referencing in yesterday's show, showing how like much younger people. Now I know it was, it was kind of vague when they just use the word populism, but clearly like younger people are much more engaged with politics now as well. That yeah, that that has to hopefully will bear fruit. But at the moment, yeah, they were talking about like younger people getting more involved and turning left, but their evidence of turning left was like voting for Democrats, like Democrats were left to them, which right. seems misguided at this point. But mm-hmm. I, like that absolutely won't make sense if the, if that's the kind of measure they're using in 2022, because I think a lot of people are just out on these assholes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about stuff that isn't Washington. And we're back. And uh, definitely not the... Did, did you guys see the like trailer for the Super Bowl halftime show? By any I chance? did. The, like the three... Like the fucking Avengers of hip-hop yeah. trailer? Yes. Yeah. So like I... I think I remember hearing at the time it was going to be like Dre and Snoop and maybe Eminem. But it's also Kendrick and mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige. Yeah. And... Wow. It's it's pretty like it, this is the first time I've this is the most excited I've been for a Super Bowl halftime show and maybe the first time I've been excited for a Super yeah. Bowl halftime show. You know, the the Prince thing like pleasantly, you know, I just wasn't really looking forward to it, but that was fucking awesome and there have been very cool Super Bowl halftime shows that took me by surprise. I still ride very hard for the Katy Perry one. I think that was a very particular kind of I mean uh, left shark is iconic insane American art <laughs> but this this looks fucking dope I mean if they really they like I I feel like there's going to be a lot of like classics from the Dre Snoop Eminem era but like if they actually utilize Kendrick and like let him like take up a sizable like I'd say probably should be the most sizable portion of the show like it could be really dope yeah, I it, it's I don't know. They won't because like that's not the audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, like what which songs will he do? 
It was when I was watching the thing, I was like, oh, I'm surprised that every single song wasn't a Dre produced track because Rap God isn't a Dre track. But they start off Eminem section with that. Uh, Mary J's Family Affair. That's a Dre track. Uh, was it next episode with Snoop? That's a Dre track. But then Humble. That's a, I think Mike Will made it. I was just like, oh, I thought. But I'm I don't does, do, do Dre and Kendrick have any tracks together. All that to say is I, that was my first observation of it. And then, yeah, like to your point is like. I've not really cared about the Super Bowl ever uh, or like the halftime shows really that much. But this this to me, it's almost signaling like, oh, you're old because now you're in the demo. Like you're in the demo that when I was 14 being like, why the fuck is Bruce Springsteen on the halftime show? <laughs> like the chronic just came out that now we're at that place. Where it's like, I think this is what the adults uh, in the room are fucking with. And that was for me, that was that moment I had. I was like, I have arrived. My tastes are now dictating the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why the Kendrick part really excites me because that that feels like the most relevant like artist that they've had involved in a Super Bowl halftime show like since Katy Perry. I don't know, uh, <laughs> but if Kendrick hasn't had an album out, and like we're all just dying for some new material yeah. from him. But yeah, it's also I, but it also seems like a strange. I didn't. I don't always picture Kendrick. Like when I saw him in a commercial that was like that flashy, part of me felt like that feels very un-Kendrick. Yeah, um, yeah. But for sure. You know. They also only got three seconds of him like writing a thing and then just looped that over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> like just, everybody else they had like going through a bunch of different like sets and doing different things. And they apparently got him to sit at a desk and write something and throw a piece of paper and they looped throw that seven times. At the yeah. I feel like a big part of, I don't know, I, is this right? Do, are there usually like dancers, right? Or like people mm -hmm. with like the flags that like do flag stuff? There's yeah. always a I'm huge like, element, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that'll be cool to like, you know, hear paired with a, you know, a Dre song. Yeah, traditional like fanfare with like yeah. the next <laughs> episode. It's like when that, uh, when that crip walking line came out, it was beautiful. <laughs> Like the way they were sea walking on them, it was my God. I thought they were. I was a neighborhood six zero. I mean, it should. Yeah, have, they should have people crib walking, right? Like that would. It's supposed to be like an <laughs> LA no, themed no, rap no. show. <laughs> no, that's violence. See, that's and that's where you know it could it could go fucking weird. Where they're right. like, hey, you know, what would be cool. We dress all these white kids up like crips. Oh yeah, yeah. And like for when for when Snoop comes out, and they're like. Ah! then it's like mm, and it feels possible because anything is possible in this country but yeah i i it, it will be it i'm i'm really curious to see how it all comes together and like what how much mary j like how much runway she's gonna get how much mary j dancing we're gonna get because we all know she's one of the greatest dancers of our time although in her own right really Mary J has a very interesting way of, she's unique. She's unique. I'm not going to okay. say Mary J is a bad, I would never say she's a bad dancer. <laughs> but that's kind of what but you're Mary saying. But Mary J, she moves, she moves how she wants to. Right. And I respect the fuck out of her. You know? I mean, I don't expect like Mariah or, you know, Whitney Houston to like be able to dance. Like she's, you know. She's just a belt. Well, no, I'm just saying, not even the, like that's an expectation. I'm just saying when she catches, like when you watch, uh, if you've seen a Mary J live show and she like just starts feeling it, she's yeah. feeling it. And I'm like, <laughs> saying, like that's, that's what I like because it, sometimes people are like, man, she sucks. And I'm like, no, dude, that's like actually dope. Just cause yeah. it feels, it feels very authentic. It doesn't seem like she's trying to do moves. She can't do. She's doing her. <laughs> this is why I never feel it. <laughs> that's, that's smart i refuse to feel it fully <laughs> just stay out of the feeling stay in the room temp and it. yeah just, i'm not trying to feel it no no thank you i will acknowledge it <laughs> fully feeling it there's that comes with risk it yeah, comes with yeah, risk. Yeah. i start to feel it, i leave the room these things just take right. over my body I'm, and i think yeah. that's why and i think that's why mary j is a lesson to us all like that's why it's your remind you know dance like everybody's watching but you don't give a fuck <laughs> right also, just I always enjoy seeing Dre on camera because Mary J like gave a performance that was like, OK, you have five minutes in this in this uh, trailer. And Dre is, you know, very awkward on camera a lot of the time. 
And then Snoop yeah, yeah. is just a fucking, such a professional, just killing it. Just so comfortable. Yeah. And Eminem was a little too into the, like, minority report lyric computer he was manipulating. Yeah. He was like, oh, shit, let me think about where this word goes. <laughs> okay, sure. Eminem was I mean, given energy, like, he's like, you know, I acted an eight mile. Maybe I should, like, pursue my acting <laughs> career a little bit. I think, yeah. I, I think I'm good at this. But, yeah, it was yeah. definitely uneven, <laughs> but, uh, you know. I was I was more excited until you put the image in my head of like the white teenagers like running onto the field. That's how like the shows always start. Is there, like they exactly. start close on the white teenager and then they're like, "Come on, come with me." And then like you like pan as they they're like stacking. sprint onto the field. <laughs> yeah, but then they're, they're like, "Oh, they're doing American Sign Language." They're like, "They're stacking." <laughs> oh, oh god, they're throwing sets right now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't, it's, it's, it's a very, it'll, it'll be an interesting thing. And I think like he's, there were a lot of articles that were like, he's on the hook for the whole bill for the halftime show or something like that. Who? Dre. Like, so if anything were to go wrong, like it's real, it's, he's going to take the biggest hit more than like the NFL would, I guess. The fuck? That was just some, something I read. What does that mean? I think more that he's, he may be financing the whole thing, like maybe as a way to get the show how he wants it. I don't know. There was just something that oh, he has wow. a stake in it that he, he could stand to lose money if that yeah, doesn't I remember, happen. I remember reading something to that effect with The weekend, and like that it's not that lucrative gig. It's right. more like this is the best advertisement that you could possibly get for your career. But right. with like artists like this, it's like you're borrowing like legends to I, I feel like that's yeah if you could make your own super bowl halftime show with just if the super bowl halftime show was just made for you give a fuck about the ratings who's the band you want to see have a super bowl halftime show just for you no don't no, not don't worry about mass appeal but personally ryan what's who's a band that you want to see my chemical romance yeah <laughs> okay i feel like that's like not out of i mean they don't do anything anymore but right they could reunion reunion why not wait aren't they aren't are they not doing some kind of they're, they're, they announced uh, a show in las vegas as a part of a, like a festival yesterday but before that right I think I don't know somebody's saying it's a scam now I don't know if it's real oh no it's like okay. I'm talking about the the when we were young thing yeah mostly. yeah that's we'll what talk, I'm, I, I'm saying mostly because that's uh Live Nation and you know they're they're I think they're trying they're, to recoup some astral world money because right. those ticket prices are expensive it's for wild. when we were young yeah. and actually that's a tweet I liked too uh but okay my chemical well I, they would do a good they do a great show I feel like it would be good that's yeah that's what I would want I I I also feel like they're into like the theatrics of whatever, and they could right. turn out some like Black Parade shit that would look really cool. I think. Because mm -hmm. is it does is that guy Gerard like involved with comics or something too? He writes a comic, yeah. Oh, Umbrella! Did he do Umbrella turned, Academy? Yeah, which got turned into like the Netflix show. Yeah, oh, wow. someone. That's just I feel cool. like. I feel like that you're gonna come with a good halftime show if you have the vision yeah. for Umbrella Academy. Like you're not gonna be like. Hey, yeah, man, he, we're playing on a big star in the middle yeah. of the field. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming in on a parachute. Right, parachute, right, exactly. Or like or like real theatrics, like superhuman feats of strength, like someone just like headbangs through like a brick wall, and you're like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> I like this wire work. Jack, what about you? I mean, this isn't that far off from like what, when at least want. one of like a top three that I would mm -hmm. pick. Like if you just add my favorite rapper, Flo Rida, to this <laughs> i think it, i think we'd be in business okay get, get people whistling mm. or radiohead but that that feels like radiohead's really good Whoa. live but i don't know how much they'd be good live like they're just like yeah. not the demographic for for the super bowl yeah <laughs> i'll take portis head i'd, I'd yeah. fuck with a portis head halftime show yeah. just bring <laughs> the fucking arena down emotionally yeah, because that would be dope too. And that's why I'm being selfish. I'm more just like, you know what? I want to, I want to see, uh, you know, the, some of some of those those bands from the mid '90s come back mm -hmm. with the emoness for sure. Yeah. Well, with, since we're in a block that is clearly sponsored by the NFL, we might as well talk about uh, Super Bowl commercials as okay. well, because for the first time in 17 years, Lay's. Lay's potato chips will be featured in a Super Bowl commercial. Mm. And the first ad in the series, 
just dropped online. They did get Seth Rogen for the commercial. So I think people were expecting to see Seth Rogen in this first like teaser ad. But instead, it, it includes uh, one, one live actor, a creepy bearded guy chanting in a basement in front of a Seth Rogen shrine. Yeah. With like lays at the altar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, I don't know. It's very, very strange. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll pull it off. Rogan, you did it again, you son of a bitch. What could it possibly be? I don't know. That like they're gonna I mean, you're already setting up the dynamic that this is like an obsessed stalker who's like the the visuals are meant to evoke like some kind of dangerous person. And then what it's like the Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial where it's like, hey man, right. just have some lays. Don't don't kill me. And then it's like, hey, lays, we did it. Like, it seems like the joke is that Seth Rogen is not the type of person that you stalk, but we've been on the internet. We know that, like, everybody is the type of, like, there's, every celebrity <laughs> right. has, like, wild-ass There's fans. fans out there. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll, I'll just say, like, the vibe of this ad, Stephen Wilbur did it better in his Instagram picture for <laughs> his guesting. On. The, like, the shrine kind of sucks. They just have, like, a, a fake magazine with seth rogan on it and then like the stalker has photoshopped himself into a framed picture and then lays potato chips for some reason right that will be heavy-handed and not totally make sense or feel earned in the ad i'm assuming what's this 17 year like hi- hiatus about yeah like why is that like what happened that like people and <laughs> like need i didn't need to know that right i need to issue a press release for that yeah that is like it seems like that is the thing they're pitching this around like finally you've been waiting every (laughs) i know how at every super bowl party you're like but where are the lays ads (laughs) well we're back baby and we got rogan not the one that you want maybe (laughs) fans of uh fans of lays might be looking for another rogan not that one spelled slightly differently I was just looking. I'm like, what? Okay, 17 years ago. Okay, well, I'm looking. I know this because since I don't know time, the 2004 Lay's commercial was the one. It was like an old couple where an old man is like tripping this other old lady. They're trying to get chips, and it was mm-hmm. called Fight to the Death. 2005, I guess, which would stand to reason that was the last one they did, was a one with MC Hammer. What did he do? After hitting a baseball over the neighbor's fence, a group of children throw over a bag of Lay's potato chips in exchange for returning their ball. They got back more than they expected when their lost dog is tossed over as well as MC Hammer in gold parachute pants. And then they're like, we can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. <laughs> that broke their spirit. That yeah, end. they're like, we got to stop. This is, let's say, yeah. hiatus. Yeah, they clearly, they think they learned their lesson. They're like, we took 17 years off. We've been in the writer's room for these commercials. We think we got something good with Seth Rogen. <laughs> and I don't know. I hope they actually pull through. But if not, maybe they'll go away for another 17 years. Right. Yeah. It's like, what? it's the equivalent of uh, those bugs that only come out every 17 years. <laughs> oh, like the cicadas. Cicada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I guess, like, I know you were kind of maybe joking, but, like, I, I'd imagine all the labor dispute stuff, maybe they're like, hey, the only stuff about us out there right now is that we work people to death. Yeah. I... I had assumed they had just like when they stopped advertising much, like I assumed they had just, were had just like literally given up and been like, well, people know like the Internet exists now. People know that our chips like are not that great. Like they're not the best potato chips out there or even like top three in their category, I feel like mm-hmm. just in terms of quality. But, yeah, it seems like something has spurred them to action. Maybe the fact that they are making people work 84 hour work weeks and uh quote what was called within the factory suicide shifts with only an eight hour break between shifts and you know the workers went on strike and that got a lot of a lot of attention from younger people and so maybe this is their attempt to be like all right what's young and hip and very progressive ah the nfl the NFL <laughs> head injuries. We love yes. it. Uh, I'm, I'm. I was that. Isn't that that new Tim Ferriss book, the 84 hour work week? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. 
Uh, no, that's that's a book by the people that Tim Ferriss makes work for him, so right, that he right. can do so a five-hour work, work week and then uh, travel travel around. Hey, I've got a Ferrari and I live in Dubai. How do yeah, I do baby. it? Getting other people to sell uh, nutrient supplements. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So that's that's Lay's. They're also doing this like weird thing with where they take dirt from each NFL team's home field and then like sprinkle that dirt over their potato farms and like then you are you can buy a potato chip bag for that is like grown in the soil of your team's home field and mm-hmm. that is very cool feels <laughs> feels very like I'm, what are, what are they mimicking here when they're like and we take the land from these places and then we will commodify that in a a fucking aluminum bag back to the consumer. Hmm. Mm. Like, is that when I eat the chips, am I supposed to feel like an athlete or something? Like, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I, don't know. I actually have no idea what what you're supposed to feel other than it is. It's just fun. Like, I actually this idea of taking the dirt from the field, sowing it into the potato fields where you grow the chips growing potatoes in your home field dirt and then selling those chips to like super fans at like a huge like I, th- I think they're like limited edition chips like this is their attempt to right you know the, to create the off whites of <laughs> of potato chips like that are gonna sell on StockX or whatever i'm i'm even having trouble thinking of a field that isn't turf <laughs> yeah, so there's you know, a bunch of uh there's a bunch of fields in the NFL that are turf and for those they're like they were grown in the glory of their team's grounds. So they they the they keep it f- It's a scam. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack, you had me you really had me until then. <laughs> yeah, I was on board like for this board. weird like appropriative ritual of moving the land to grow your cowboy potatoes even in the video that they have they so first of all they have the mascot digging up the dirt uh which i'm not buying frankly i don't i don't think the mascots for each team do do their like groundwork but then they just like put it in a little bag of like it's or not in a bag in a uh little tupperware container and ship that off but this idea this whole like concept that they have going on here just more than anything reminds me of like all of the brain power that we have working on selling like the dumbest shit in this country like the, this probably took you know 14 Ivy League grads to like come up with a like working around the clock for like 6 months came right. up with this concept and or you know in a different strand of reality in a different alternate timeline those Ivy League grads are working on like fixing the infrastructure, but right, not this one, baby. Yeah, but, but the the sad thing is, I feel like if they did something like that for Arsenal, I'd probably buy it. So, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, don't know if I have room to talk. But like that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not making fun of the idea as much as the fact of the society that creates a reality <laughs> where this idea right. <laughs> is invented, where where people have enough time and incentive to come up with this idea. Right, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, this has me hungry for uh for some potato chips, <laughs> for some New <laughs> for York some Giants chips. chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Brian, it's been such a pleasure having you on uh, the Daily Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Uh, they can find me on social media at Brian, spelled with an I underscore B A H E. And yeah, that's where they can find me. All right. Is there a, a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? I'm currently tweeting uh, as as Che Diaz. Um, <laughs> that's you, the comedian from, <laughs> from and just like that. Uh, wow, yeah, having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, you're doing a great job. <laughs> So, uh, damn, I wish there was a way to change my handle, but it's still the same thing, but I'm just at Che Diaz. So, you know, look out for those Che, hot che Diaz <laughs> coming at you. 
<laughs> the avatar and everything. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. I, I should say, Flowrider is my favorite rapper. Che Diaz is my favorite comedian. <laughs> so, Miles, where can people uh, find you and what is the tweet you've been enjoying? Man, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray and also the other show, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. We talk about 90 Day Fiance. Let's see, a couple of tweets that I like. First one, uh, since we were talking about the well, when we were Young Fest, from at space underscore mom underscore tweeted, when we were Young Fest looked pretty cool until you noticed it's $225 non-refundable for one day and it's run by the same company who was responsible for Astral World and you realize they're actually just preying on the pop punk scene to pay back their litigation fees. Hmm. That, sounds, that sounds about right. Next one is from uh, at Reynolds Gareth, Gareth Reynolds, a uh, friend of the show. He might be on here pretty soon. Tweeted, I wish we got the Joe Biden that the right keeps pretending we have. And that's true. Yeah. And finally, Che Diaz tweeted, uh, <laughs> at Brian <laughs> underscore, bye, uh, tweeted, your God is an awesome God? Okay, my God is weed. Uh, and I yeah. I felt that as somebody who can sing that whole song and uh, yeah, smokes a lot of weed. So appreciate that one, Che. that's just such uh you've really nailed the voice (laughs) of my favorite comedian (laughs) there was the other one someone tweeted earlier oh jesse conweller at jesse conweiler tweeted my boyfriend just called it and then there was that (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah that uh would maybe be a better title I don't know and then there was there were they hung dork in the last episode there was just a dude with a big with his big dick out, but like it didn't play into the episode. Like it didn't have a part in the episode. It was just like, here's a dick. And then she doesn't really react. And then nobody talks about it. Well, no. Like they're just trying to make you miss Samantha. Like this has been the greatest, uh, the greatest work of propaganda in making uh, Samantha seem like the greatest television character of all time uh, is this season. I feel like, I don't know, Brian, are you a fan? of and then there was that (laughs) yeah i I can't look away it's so it's really just like every word is like how is this even happening right like like, they they do (laughs) it's just yeah it's insane i am and yeah i'm a huge fan yeah do you miss samantha though how do you feel with samantha not because i watch it and every time i watch i go this this show could really use a bit of samantha it's so funny how, like, when it was, like, released that, like, she wasn't going to be a part of it. And it's like, how, what is, she's not doing anything or, you know, it's like, what is, why isn't she coming back? And now it's like, oh, we are fully on board with Samantha not being in this. Like, she made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Daisy Alioto tweeted, JPEG is French for I'm pegging. Uh, Rajat Suresh <laughs> tweeted, make fun of my friends all you want, but I draw the line when it comes to me. That's also my policy. Yep. And then Jason Concepcion just tweeted the truth. Everything Jokic does looks like absolute trash. Then the pass lands pillow soft in a teammate's hands like that. Yeah. It's just never been a less graceful best player in the NBA than uh, Jokic. But here we are. Yeah. Oh, wait, I actually do have tweets aside from Trey Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So Allison Leiby, she posted a pic like a year ago of the this like oval she made with Pringles. And it's like impressive that she did that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like she stacked the Pringles in a way where it just makes like a this, like a circle. Wow. Oh, wow. Wild. That is very cool. I like sculpture. I love sculpture. <laughs> some guy named adam j musa posted a picture of this like there's a gay cruise there's an atlantis gay cruise that's happening that's like a huge like why would anyone ever go on a massive gay cruise right now but there was like a picture from a party that uh like a huge dance party that he posted <laughs> apparently it was a military themed dance party and there's an guys carrying inflatable military assault rifles which is <laughs> insane and then the last one is uh alicia brown tweeted a picture of like busta from like the 90s and she just said busta looks like almost every black stud in brooklyn (laughs) i do have to say and i i don't know why i didn't bring it up at the time but right 
like during the first act of this episode, after we had declared you like the room temp, the owner of the room temp corner, I took a sip of my tea, which I had just poured, and it, it is room temp somehow. It does it mm. doesn't make any sense, but I this Full might circle. be a very strange superpower that you possess. Uh, <laughs> so just look into it. Nothing, nothing will be above 80 degrees <laughs> in my presence. <laughs> I in my presence. Around, um, but now I'm writing it down so I never forget. There you go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song uh, do we think people might enjoy beyond Whistle by Flo Rida? So we're going to go out on a track called This Painted World by Silk Roads, R-H-O-D-E-S. And it's just a really funky, vibey track, like the electric guitar, very like Isley Brothers, and the vocals are just very, you know, they're, they're, they're just great. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, I've been listening to in these bands that like to play their instruments uh, sometimes i get in a mood for electronic stuff sometimes i just like to hear people shred instruments and this is just a great track to start your week off relax kick back or do whatever you're gonna do so this is this painted world by silk roads r-h-o-d-e-s like the pm you just sounded like the grandfather of like somebody who's just like trying rock and roll in the 1940s mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like and he's joined up with these bands these that like bands. to play their instruments. They're ripping on their instruments. <laughs> it's something else. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.